On today's Restomp podcast, we'll celebrate a moral victory over Geelong from Sunday afternoon. We didn't get the four points, but there was plenty of wins across the board. I think the Chiefs got a little bit to say about it. He's got some, uh, I don't know, maybe some words for me regarding Sam Sturt. Anyway, we'll get into it. I'll cop it. Right after we start wearing purple with Gogo Bredello. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity and wits, they will all vanish. I promise. It's just a matter of time. So, yeah. Welcome to the Restump Podcast. My name is Brett Jojo McDonald. I'm joined by a man who's almost had enough. He's ready to check out. That is Greg the Chief Dwyer. Yes. Hello, Jojo. Mate, thanks for being so unorganized um, tonight and taking so long. I got to watch the whole of the uh, Matildas Denmark game. Oh, awesome. So that was very considerate of you. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) That was the whole. I sat there and watched it myself. Loved every minute of it. So, (laughs) no, I can't do soccer, Jojo. You know that. I can't do soccer. Yeah. Hey, you're off to a flyer, aren't you? Why? Oh, the moral victory over Geelong. Well, it kind of was, wasn't it? Oh, Geelong. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Ge- was it Geelong? No, try Brisbane. <laughs> try Brisbane. You got your I'm head in the asleep. game. Yeah, I know. Maybe yeah. it was a moral victory, wasn't it? It was a moral victory. It just wasn't over Geelong. <laughs> we, we got the actual victory over them. <laughs> we did. I still haven't, still haven't moved on from the win no. last week. That's right. No, it was a. It, it actually did not. As silly as it sounds, it didn't feel like a loss to me. It actually felt like a win. I was so happy. I mean, yeah, you wanted the four points and um, whatever, but I was so happy with that game and our effort and intensity that we carried it on from last week. I'm thrilled with that. I didn't quite get there in terms of um, I was so happy and it felt like a win. Like, I feel like there was enough out, enough out of it so we could class it, like take a victory from it of some sort. Yep. But... um. Yeah, no, I th- the thing that the thing that annoyed me, and the same thing that annoyed me last week yep. against the victory over Geelong, yep. was, you know, we bring that effort and intensity, and I know you don't get it, and this is what we've been banging on about all bloody year with the young team. Yeah, but I don't know, you bring something close to that for twenty rounds. We're, we're in the eight. Oh, and we're cracking skulls in there. I'm telling you, if we bring that intensity and that effort, we are doing some decent damage in the eight, uh, Jojo. I mean, you look at it, Rob, not once did we drop our heads, not once did we switch off. You know, everyone had their head in the game for the entire 80 minutes. And as you said, you, you produce that all year. Look at Collingwood. Suddenly, they're looking fragile. Port Adelaide are looking shaky. Brisbane are away from home. They're dodgy. The Saints are stopping. Suddenly, you're in the eight. A lot more teams that are in the eight now have got their chances have just gone through the roof. So, I reckon the... The other yeah. thing is as well that this the victory over Geelong, as well as the performance against Brisbane, they deserve a little a little bit of extra credit as well because the twenty two guys are running out there. You can say it doesn't shouldn't make a difference, but yep. it, it it has to. The it fact that be. they know they know that the result is kind of irrelevant in terms of it's not going to get them any closer to playing finals footy. Yep. but the effort still comes through. That's right. I, I, that says something massive about the coach, about the culture that mm. we're, we've got going on down there, that the effort comes ir- irrespective of what the outlook is. Yeah, and I think probably it also comes with a team of youngsters because everyone's, you know, Erasmus wants to cut his teeth. You know, Johnson wants to, wants in. So all these guys, they all want their spot. They all, you know, you, you know, poor Ethan Hughes, we'll, we'll get to him later, but, you know, he's going to be, 
going hell for leather trying to keep his spot. So it's that as well. But you're right. You, the wins mean nothing at the moment. I mean, they, they win, as you said, moral moral victories if, if we were to get up, even still. Um, but it's, it is, it's, it's building a culture. It's building a, if you take the field, you put your head in the game. It's that type of thing, no matter what the, um, how, how, whatever it means. So I'm with you. I, I think that, I think that's what I'm most happy with is that the last two games, it's like the pennies dropped that we need to switch on for 80 minutes. We cannot, you know, start at quarter time. And that's why I'm so, I was so wrapped with that game on, especially that one on the weekend. Um, I think the headlines come out of it and it'd be pretty unfair to lead off without talking about this and speaking about anything else is obviously Luke Jackson. I know he's going against like a D or E grade Ruckman in, um, in what's his name? Old Darcy Fort. But he absolutely dominated that game. Killed it, didn't he? Absolutely like, killed it. Like you're doing the Brownlow voting, even though you don't get the four points, he gets the three votes, I reckon. I don't know. I don't think he gets the three. I reckon he gets the two. Really? Yeah. He got the 10 coaches' votes. Oh, did he? Okay. The takeout of the game, we'll stay on Luke Jackson, but the takeout of the game for me was um, Hayden Young. But um, Luke Jackson, Joe, it only seems like yesterday people were screaming, you know, we paid too much. He's not that good. You know, we already have a Ruckman. Um, surplus to our needs, all that kind of stuff. And it, it virtually was yesterday. 15 contested possessions he got yesterday, Jodo. Unlucky not to kick three goals along with his his dominance. So he was unbelievable. He was incredible. It's crazy, hey? And the, the follow-up work. The, so he, <clears throat> he had those few ruck knocks where he just actually palmed it down someone's throat, like literally down their throat. Double-handed and, palm downs. And then he had the ones where he just tap it to his own advantage, run onto it. Yep. Like, he's an absolute menace in there. Crazy, isn't it? And I'm... I know we brought this up. I brought it up a couple of weeks ago. But, I mean, the conversation has to be had. And like, I think it should be seriously had with the Fremantle Power Brokers with about Darcy and Jackson. Yep. What, in what sense? Well, Jackson's just proving himself to be too valuable as a lead rock. Isn't what, he? Are you joining the trade Sean Darcy brigade? I'm not joining him. I'm just saying there has to be a conversation to gauge the value. Because having him in there for that period of time... Hmm. Like, look at what difference it made to the centre clearances. And the centre clearances we were getting from, we were scoring. I think, yes. It was super dangerous when he was up and about in there. Don't underestimate what Hayden Young did in there for us, Jojo. You want to put- Yeah, the big body. Yeah, sure, but yeah, okay, go. The clearances, I'm saying, in terms of you're suggesting it's all Luke Jackson. I think it had a lot to do with Luke Jackson. It did, it did, but it had just as much to do with um, Hayden Young for mine as well. I have, to, I have to cop it on Hayden Young. Um, I thought that the matchup with Dangerfield was one that suited, and that's why he was in there. He proved us wrong, came in there. He had an awesome first quarter. What do you have, 11 or 12 touches, something like that? Touched up Lockie Neal in the first first stanza for sure. <clears throat> Lockie Neal probably made a bit of a comeback as the game wore on and worked his way into it. But early on, Hayden Young had him over a barrel. I've seen enough. I don't care about any more about your he's a better halfback flanker. You know, your, your good halfbacks are hard to find. I don't care about that. Jojo, you're, I'm not listening to your conservative rubbish anymore. Your purest rubbish. <laughs> he can be both. He can be both. Doesn't need to be both. Doesn't he, need to he, be both. He would, no, he kind of does. No, no, you're right. He can be a midfielder and pinch hit in the on the back line. There's, there's no more of this case by case. We've seen something different, what we've been calling out for. He's now a midfielder. Yep. 
I'm, I'm, well, it's only been two weeks. Let's no, try. no, no. Hang on a minute. Lockie, he shut down Dangerfield. He shut down, and he didn't. And he, he didn't. It wasn't a. St- I don't reckon it was a stopping role on um, Lockie Neal, though. He no, was just he would, accountable. He was just accountable for him. That's right. That's exactly right. That, and I'm not saying that better. You know, he was in there as a. You know, he just had to mind Lockie, uh, Lockie Neal, but it left him for dead. He's the big. We've been we've been going on and on about our midfield is just. It, there's no different dynamic. It's all yep. one pace. He comes in there and does what he's done the last two weeks. His game on the weekend was off the chart. Like 27 disposals, 14 contested. You know, uh, 10 tackles he laid on top of that. You know, um, game high, um, 11 ground ball gets. Kept Lockie Neal to 16 touches to um, uh, to half time, I think it was. Uh, Three-quarter time, maybe. Um, Lockie Neal had no influence on the game except the last quarter. Yeah. You know? No, he didn't. It's incredible, well, and the, the, and the, I think it's a good time to talk about this. Then, though, obviously, we didn't. We're being very positive, <laughs> maybe over the top positive so nah. far. But um, obviously, we didn't escape with the four points. There's a reason why we didn't. Like, wh- how do you see the reason why we didn't win the game? Because you look at the, you know, if you look at the best players on the day, you know, we've probably got, I don't know, three out of the first, best five, three out of the best four players on ground in terms of like having Sarong, Young, and Jackson. Yeah, there was a bit of a, a bit of that. Oh, I, me personally, I thought the connect, connectivity, the mids forward wasn't great. We were kicking and bombing it in long at, at times, and all of them were going for the one ball. Yep. You know, we didn't, you know, I mean, Sammy Sturt went, went bananas. We, we, we'll get, get on to him later. But even when he led, we didn't hit him. We, we, we couldn't hit a target when, when there were leads. So I don't, I don't know exactly where the problem is, but there was definitely, for me, a breakdown in that connect- connectivity. I reckon we missed a lot of opportunities just be- from being at the ground and looking ahead of the ball. We missed yep. Amos a bunch of times when he was just out by himself after, you know, whether it was Andrews or um, uh, who's the other bloke who's down there? Payne. Sorry, uh, num- Payne. Payne. Yeah, Jack Payne. Yep. Whether they've just drifted off and left him. We-, we just hadn't had the composure or the vision to hit him up to corridor, Actually- corridor side. Actually, yeah. He was out so many times um, we didn't get him. And then also, I thought in critical moments, the Lions um, in the third and fourth quarter, particularly the fourth quarter, hmm. the, the delivery into the forward line, it, we could take some notes from that. Yeah. Like, they were, you know, these fat side kicks where I think McCluggage, I can't remember who he ended up hitting up, might have been McCarthy, hmm. but just kicking kicking over the top of the corridor and hitting that fat side where they've got space to lead into and. And these, oh, it was Gunston, you know, these seasoned professionals using their body, just holding out Luke Ryan, taking the easiest of marks, just really thinking about how you're going to deliver the ball to the forward's advantage. Yep. And I think that's where they ended up hitting us on the scoreboard and getting really good shots on goal. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you look at it, and again, you know, as you said, Gunston, he's a three, four-time premiership player. He's a seasoned campaigner. Um, They make the difference in those moments in – they they allow you to you probably don't even have to put the ball to great advantage to those types types of people, you know. Yeah. But w- but when you do, they take full toll. Exactly. And the th- the th- and the problem is for us, we've got inexperienced forwards, and we don't always really put it to their advantage. Advantage. No, that's right. So. But you're you're right on the vision. I think that so often, like there was, I remember, I think it was going into the third quarter. You know, H was running over fifty. Through the fifty, all on his own out in the in the paddock, and we go to the top of the square. 
you know, yeah. or Sturt was running past. And um, I can't remember who it was. Did give it, didn't didn't give it back to him when he was on the run, and, you know. And and uh, I think um, they might have got caught with the ball. So it was a vision thing. It definitely we didn't, you know, widen the eyes. We sort of had a one track vision, you know. Yeah, and, and there was a little. There was a few other instances of that as well, where um, we refused to kind of kick sideways and go backwards yeah. to go, yep. to go across and switch the play. And one moment kind of stood out, mum, or two actually. There was one where Jordan Clark had it out in the wing, and you know we were just banging this. I think we we're about seven points down at this point. We needed to score. Mm. Um, you know, just banging it back down the line. He's looking down the line. He knows he doesn't want to kick it there. But then you know, Pierce didn't really give him that depth to be able to hit that easy kick. Yeah. Like he was kind of pu- he's pushing up, and we're trying to force that high line and lock, you know, the lines into our half of the ground, which is great. But I think at some point, you know, we do have to drop back. You do have to provide that width because we had the rest of it set up over the other side of the ground to switch to the open side. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then there was another moment when Jordan Clark, I, th- I think it was Jordan Clark again, maybe had it, and I think it was Liam Henry was out on this out in the far fifty all by himself, waving mm. and jumping around instead of hitting him up when you're 60, 70 meters out to the open side and then maybe hit a target inside 50, we just bang it in again. Yeah. And you just and with guys like Andrews and Payne and, yep. and these guys who are just so good at intercepting and spoiling, mm. we just went kept going back to the well on that all day and it probably didn't serve us that well. No. No, that's right. And if you remember back, was it the was it the game before the no I think it was the Geelong game. We started to do that a bit. We went wide. We went and it, and you can see the difference it makes when, when when you get it right and you get it moving. So, yeah, I'm right. Well, the I'm, thing I'm, is, though, is that there's time and a place as well because the Lions end up doing exactly the same as what we're doing, hmm. like in terms of playing the, you know, playing down the line again into the traffic, playing for an out of bounds, playing for a throw in, locking it in their forward 50, which is fine when you're seven points up with yep. like 10 minutes to go because you're happy to take two, three minutes of stuffing around time off the clock. Hmm. But I think when, you, when you're the team that needs to be the aggressor yep. and understand the moment and understand the time of the game, hmm. I don't think banging it back down the line and hoping for the best and getting a forward 50 stoppage and then scoring, like whatever you're going to do, scoring from that, you need to be a little bit more adventurous. You need to play with a little bit more of an expansive kind of mindset. Yeah. But you know what? That, when you think about that, and you're absolutely right, it's an actual positive that we get. We, we played as well as we did and we got as close as we did when there's so much room for improvement. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, as we said it last week, when, two weeks ago, we're not far away, Jojo. And that just showed us again, we are not far away. And it's a few little things to tinker with. And, um, you know, another 12 months under the belt, and we're two years, whatever, we're, we're going to be right there. You know, you're talking about moments. Um, that It was a series of moments that probably cost us the game. Um, Sweden missed that set shot at goal a couple of minutes into the third quarter. You know, it puts us... Three goals up, you know, and it stifles the challenge that we knew was probably going to come from the Lions. I mean, it was already there, but it, but it just kept them kept them at arm's length. You know, Sonny got Ping holding the ball in that same quarter when he didn't take the first option, and he had two yep. brochure on. Yeah, that was that was pretty horrific. That one. Yeah, when they they run into What was he doing? It. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was wondering. So you know, there were a couple of moments there that you know you just you suddenly you, you you're three four goals up. In the third quarter, you know, you, you change the mindset of the lines. It just just gives you that breathing space. So, 
Why don't think any team knows better the pressure, like scoreboard pressure? Like you get those few goals up, yep. like teams do on us, and then you're you're fighting back. And we've managed to do it a few times mm. um, over the course of the last couple of years. But we don't tend to not we tend to not really be able to do it to other teams. In, instead of you know putting a gap on, yeah, we just if we get in front, we kind of just hover around and leave the door ajar. You remember? Yeah, you're dead right. Remember, like late late in the second quarter, Sturt kicked the goal, Freddie goal, Jackson kicked his goal. Um, and it was all in the space of about five minutes. And then Ronnie Corbett had, had that shot, and he, you know, which he should have kicked, and he missed. So, yeah. you know, it could have been four goals in six minutes. And, you know, just um, going into halftime and then coming out at the other corner, we could have been, you know, six goals up. You know, and I, and I know the, the line, Cameron missed a few that he'd normally kick. So, I mean, it works both ways. But they're the goals that we've got to kick, those gettable ones. You know, but Twitter, Twitter's set shot of goals recently been horrendous. I don't know what. Yeah, they've not been good, have they? No. So he's been good though. He was good. Not, uh... I think the other, the other encouraging thing was at, definitely at the grounds. You could feel in that last quarter the intensity from the Lions really lift. Mm. Um, you know, they were all over us. So yeah. The pressure was amped right up. Yeah. We had no time to to dispose of the ball. And I think even though we conceded a couple of goals and in the end conceded the lead and the loss. In the most part, we didn't roll over. Like we absorbed a lot of that pressure and dealt with it pretty reasonably. Um, you know, with how they were coming, they're a top three, top four team. Yeah, uh, we're we're sitting fifteenth, and I think Lockie Neal in his interview with Bridget Lacey after the game said it's the best bottom, <laughs> best fifteenth place team he's ever seen. So yeah. I think there's Jeez. you know plenty of positives come out of it, and even dealing with that kind of adversity in the end, where you've got you know one of these top line teams coming at you with everything they've got. Yeah. Yeah, I know we didn't get the win, and I know we like conceded score, but I think they'd, they'd be pretty happy with the way they absorbed that heat. Oh, you'd have to be. You'd have to be because they did hit us with everything. I mean, Link McCarthy in that in that first quarter, he hit us with everything. He, he did, uh, mm. laid five tackles and a massive hit on Sarong. He put a big hit on Sarong in that first quarter. Um, so I mean, yeah, that that started from from the first bounce. So the way we handled that, you know, and you got an Erasmus out there that's had played a handful of games dealing with it. You know, it was it was excellent. It was really um I gotta say, Joe because I said it in the pre pod, as good as Brisbane are, they're a four goal worst team away. We've got to take that into account. But at the same time, you're still playing a competent, highly competent team. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to, doesn't it? I mean we all know they have their struggles away from the Gabba. Um this game of pre you know, it'd be ringing alarm bells for them, I would have thought. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you, we're still playing a team that- Yeah, it's sitting in the top four. Third. Exactly. Now. And yeah. it's like, it's not like they're there for no reason. No, so. that's right. Just, um, you don't just get your Caleb's, own advantage. Uh, Caleb Sarong is just, he just won't stop keeping on. His season has been one of the more consistent seasons I think we've ever witnessed as a Fremantle Dockers fan. <laughs> He's been absolutely enormous um, from start to fi- or start to almost finish. Mm. Uh, no exception on the weekend. If you have any doubt as to whether this guy is, you know, front and centre in the captaincy conversation for when Pierce decides to hang it up or whether we decide to move on and select someone else. Yeah. You see him get around his teammates after they do something well. He'll run 50 metres to go give him a pat on the back. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll go... If someone stuffs up, he'll run 50 metres to go give him a pat on the back and some words of encouragement. Go again, mate. Like, he's just got it. He... I... I got to be honest. I thought there was absolutely no hope 
anyone after Pierce would be captain except Andy Brayshaw. And that still might yeah. be the case, I don't know. But I, he is probably the front runner now for me. He's he's that engaged. Yep. Yeah, not a knock on anyone else. No, no. But he just he just play. You can just see his love for the team, his teammates, the jumper, like the whole bit. Yep. Like he's just hundred percent in every time he steps foot on the field. You can see how invested he is in the lot. What? Watch. I mean, it's been few and far between this year, obviously. But watch his reaction after a win, any win. Yeah. It's like he's won the grand final. He's so thrilled, and so you know. So yeah, you're right. He's he just he's a hundred percent bought in. He's here for his career, you know. He's he's got the captaincy all day. He he went to another level in that last quarter, as if he could yeah. go any higher. And then he stepped up again. I mean, thirteen. What do you have in that last quarter? Thirteen touches, five clearances, three score involvements in the last quarter. You know, then he had um, early on he had Dunkley on him doing a mining role. Yeah, but he he just chucks his body in in spots that. I think that the, a minority of the population would be willing to do. He does the kind of things that not everyone has the ability to do. Not That's because right. they don't have the physical ability, but they wouldn't have the mental mental kind of will and determination to get there and get it. Yeah, get it done. Yeah, like it's it's an intangible kind of quality. That get, we're okay. so f- fortunate yeah, to have this guy. Oh yeah, we? that that um, if you get back and have a look how hard he got clobbered by um, Lincoln McCarthy, Mate, he just gets up. Oh. Everyone else should be sending a wreath to their funeral, and he just gets uh, <laughs> he just gets straight back up. Not a, you know, not a, just didn't even shake it off. Just bounce straight back up, and away he goes. Oh, it's incredible. He, he, we are we're, we're privileged to have him, Jodo. It's we're very very lucky. And having said that about him, I thought um, Andy Brayshaw had a really good game. He was and great. He was great. I realised watching the game on the weekend what we'd kind of been missing for a majority of the year. You remember last year when he had that MVP winning season? He- yep. Just came up. He came up big in big moments. That's right. Like he was there when you need him. He'd be tracking back, and yep. you're like, "Oh, who's that? oh?" Brayshaw's making the tackle. Yes. He, you saw glimpses of that on Sunday. I thought. Yeah, you did. You did. There was um, late in the game. He's he's grabbed the ball and run through the pack, and you just thought that's the Brayshaw we, we've been yeah. missing. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and and so it's good to see he's getting you know probably eighteen games too late, but. Um, <laughs> But he's, he's had struggles. He's had his struggles this year, you know, with his injuries. He's been carrying injuries and what whatnot. But yeah, it's good to see that he's still it's still there and look out in twenty twenty four. I think we, we've spoken about this a number of times, and probably more so relate, um, related to the forwards in terms of getting given the keys, had your opportunity, and then been placed responsibility on their shoulders. Where you know this is your forward line now. You got to you got to do it. There's no no choice. There's mm-hmm. no tabs. There's no Rory Lobb. Yep. So Amos, Tracy, Luke Jackson. It's all yours, and you see the response you get. We've we've just got had outstanding performances, not consistently, yep. but you know these guys have strung enough um, good play together to let you know that they're going to be around for a while. Yeah, I, I think we're kind of we'll benefit in the long run for Andy Brayshaw being a bit off this year because yes. it's allowed Caleb Sarong to stand the spotlight almost by himself. We've got two genuine A grade midfielders now. Exactly, and this is this is what we forget. Exactly that, what we forget when we look at this year in terms of we've had a horrible year, you know, it's, it's, it's one out of the blocks. There, there's a pivotal reason why. Andy Brayshaw hasn't been his usual Andy Brayshaw self, but he can get back to what he was doing. That's yeah. why we can bounce back so quickly. Uh, part of the reason why we can bounce back so quickly. But you're absolutely right. Not just for next year, for the next decade, these yeah. guys are here, you know? 
So I think in terms of that weekend's performance, the most encouraging thing to come from it was the performance of the midfield. They addressed mm. the centre clearances. Yes. We were much more competitive in that area of the game, an area of the game which has cost us and put us in 15th, to, to be brutally honest. like it Our has. performance in the midfield has been abominable all year. Mm. The, the, the loss of really clean centre clearance to our opposition has just cost us score week after week after week. Yep. And our inability to get it done has cost us score because we haven't been getting it going the other way. Yep. Um, I just thought against a quality opposition and a quality midfield, yeah, um, they did a really good job. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about, it, I know they're not in; they haven't been in the, you know, Lockie Neal hasn't been in the hottest form, but Lockie Neal can carve you up on any day. Dunkley's a superstar. Like you're absolutely right. That wasn't a, you know, Zach Bailey goes in or um, Cam Rayner or whoever runs through there. They are chock block, chock a block full of talent in there, and you know, hard season. Um, midfielders. So to get it done like we did, yeah, you're right. I'm with it. it was that was the big take out of the game. Hayden Young, Jody, um, Hayden Young. How'd you how'd you see the backline backline's performance? I thought that like whilst we were solid enough in defence, mm. I don't know how much drive we got from them on the weekend. I thought, like, I thought, Wag, Wagner played another decent game, like strung another one. Yeah, but, he, did. Um, he did. Cox didn't see much of the footy. Brennan Cox, Jody, I mean, you got to cut him some slack. Second. Second, I'm not having a crack. I'm just saying, like, what what did we get from out of backline? Not, not, yeah, not a great deal. But, but I just want to touch on Brennan Cox. You know, the second quarter, you know, that he went, we went a bit early for that spoil on Archie. And, you, you know, Archie went back, kicked the goal, but that can happen. You know, a Cox can go off a bit early when a few weeks without any action. So, <laughs> oh, is that what it's gotten to? Juvenile yeah. humor. Um, no, I'm, I, I tell you what I did like. I liked, um, didn't get a, I liked uh, Jordan Clark's game. I thought he did a – so often he saved us again, you know, throwing it's himself. tough assignment on um, Charlie Cameron for most of the day, huge, wasn't it? Huge, huge assignment. So – and he was – I reckon – I know he played all right, but he got a bit lucky. Like Charlie Cameron could have ended up with easily like two or three more goals. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I mean, what did he kick? He kicked one, didn't he? He kicked two-two, I think. Kicked two-two. Yeah, he could have kicked four or five. But I mean, I thought Clark did enough going back the other way for us. I thought we got a bit. Of yeah, he did. Yeah, and and when he was defending Cameron, he actually a lot of the moments he took him to pockets. He took him to areas yes. of the ground where you know there weren't easy shots on goal. No. And I know we say he missed a couple of opportunities he'd normally make, but I mean a couple of those shots were for deep in the right that right hand forward pocket. Yeah, um, you know, which is not a good spot for him to shoot on goal. Like, if you need to give these really good quality forwards. You know they're going to get opportunities. Yeah. The, the thing the thing you want to do is make the opportunity as difficult as possible. Possible, that's right. And, and I thought where possible, I think he did a pretty good job of taking him to areas of the ground that he probably didn't want to be in. No, and one of the goals that Cameron got, Clark got caught out, one out with him on the fast break. Yeah. And it got over the back and you're not going to run Cameron down as fast as Clark is. And he grabbed the jumper. So, you know, one of those, he was a bit unlucky there, but oh, I thought he did a super job really on, on Cameron. With Brandon, uh, Brandon Walker out, this has allowed Clark to kind of grow an area of his game where he's probably not going to be asked to do this week in, week out. Not, no. to, not to a Charlie Cameron type extent. Um, the one thing I thought with our backline is we did a fairly decent job on the, the Danaher's and the Hipwoods. You know, Danaher was okay yep. um, at times. Yeah. But I thought the, the one guy that got away from us in the end um, and we didn't really have a, a defender left over to pick him up was Cam Rayner. Oh, okay. Okay. I just, I just thought in, in the end, he ended up coming up the ground and he was just by himself all day. Right. He, he, took, 12, he took 12 marks, had oh, 19 really? touches. 
Um, and he was he just seemed to be the link guy. When yeah. they were in trouble, he, he was the one that was kind of getting up the ground and, and taking marks on the wing. Jeez, he's, not, he, he's a number one pick, but he hasn't played like one to this point in his career consistently. Yeah. I reckon he, he had a pretty good game on the weekend, and it was probably because we just like ran out of guys. Jeez, I'll tell you what. Uh, Hayden Young in the back line would have been handy, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, you know, yeah, it's, that, yeah, it's, yeah. That, it's that last defender where we're at. And we lost Chappie, unfortunately, yeah. to a dislocated shoulder um, down at Peel. So, he's not going to play again, you wouldn't think, this year. So, Oh, did he? Did he do that on the weekend? Yeah, he's done again. So, oh, you're uh, that, You know, if you're going to take negatives out of the year, there's 15th on the ladder. There's also the fact we haven't seen Heath Chapman. <laughs> no, that's right. So, I haven't been able to get any, any more games into him. Yeah, no, you're dead right. So there's a couple of um He needs a big preseason. We need to get him on the park next year. There's no doubting his talents, very yeah. obvious. We've seen it, we've seen it. And he's done it, you know, in strung weeks of form together to let us know who he is. Mm, mm. But we we gotta see that guy. Yeah, we do. I um I thought Alex Fierce did a pretty good job on a really good job on, on Danaher. Pretty much from- It's a tough a tough assignment, isn't it? Huge, huge assignment. He's so mobile. Um he's big, you know. Um that mark he dropped, Jodo, pivotal moment. <laughs> that was a tough mark, to be honest. It wasn't a tough but mark. That you one got, wasn't. You got to take it. You got to take it. Do you it. know what? He's been grabbing the was ball. There any call? I can't, was there any call for a free kick? Did nah. you see a replay? No. no. Yeah. He's been, um, he, but he's, I'm not hanging him. He's been marking everything of late. He's been grabbing the yeah. ball that often of late. I wasn't sure Dane Zorko was safe. So. <laughs> <laughs> The one thing you'd say about that is if you're going to drop a mark yep. like that, like bring it forward, forward, take it to the boundary, one of the other ones, don't let it go over the back. No. No, that was anyway. um pivotal moment. But uh, Ethan Hughes, are you happy now? Are you happy? I've got, I've got a- <laughs> happy. Am I happy? Yeah, I've got a pod note to you, Jodo, from yeah. a couple of pod- podcasts ago. Oh, good. Uh, where are we? Um, an episode two. Get him out of the team. I don't care how. Friendly fire if need be. <laughs> no, it's time. He can have a rest. He can, he can rest. Whatever. Lower leg injury. That's all right. Um, no, you give someone else a go. Who? Who comes in? Hey. Oh, Hayden, got Hayden Young's got to go back now. Nah. Who comes Who's in? Who, got? Who comes in? Where's Walker at? Is he back? Is he? Where's he at? No, I don't think so. He's he's a little. I don't. I don't think we'll see Walker again this year, will we? At this know. point. I think any of these guys that have been out for three, four, five weeks or whatever, well, I think that that'll, that'll be them done, won't it? So Nathan Wilson comes in. Yeah, we well, got Nathan Wilson. Carl Warner's played across halfback. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Hugh Davies. We give Hugh Davies a game. Yeah, he probably hasn't earned it yet, but and he's probably too skinny. Do you know? You think you look at these guys like a Harris Andrews, um, Darcy Moore. Watched um, that Collingwood game on the weekend. Yep. Uh, and the other one, Sicily. What mm. do you have? Like forty touches and about thirty-seven marks. Um, Hugh Davies, I reckon, has got the potential to grow into one of these guys that can mark and rebound. Oh, really? You reckon that he could be become that good? Well, it, well he's not. He obviously doesn't have that exposed talent. Yeah, yeah. you know, he, he he's had interrupted um, underage campaigns, and we, I don't think anyone's really seen the best of him just yet. I, mean, I only saw him as a year ten, year Did eleven. You coach him at Christchurch. Christchurch. No, I'd, I'd moved out of the back line by then, so he hasn't been tarnished. But <laughs> he's he's got that athleticism. He's got bounce, um, okay. and he's got he's got an eye for the footy. He can read the play. Right. So you think about our back line and the kind of players that we've got, the kind of players that you you want to have in there. Yeah. I think we, I think we've got that tall marking interceptor um, who can who can bounce back up and go. Yeah. 
in him. And so, if he makes it, like we do have that kind of player that we're probably missing a little bit, if we're going to be brutally honest, so then, um, down then back. It, then it does free up Hayden Young to move into the middle more, you know, um, more so than not. If what well, I mean, we, you, really, to come. you know, you'd hope that Hugh would be a tall defender. So hmm. you know, as um, Piercy gets older and Cox, oh, okay. you know, yep, yep. you know, if Cox ends up being your, you know, in three four years time or whatever, hmm. if Cox, Cox ends up being your, your Alex Pierce, the stopper and the and the guy, he can still distribute, he can still move the footy, yeah. And then you've got someone up further up the ground taking over Brendan Cox's role, who can actually run and bounce and move. Like that, that's probably the the mix that you want going forward more so. Has Hugh Davies got um, good skills, foot skills? Yeah, or not? They're not horrible. Not horrible. <laughs> they're not. They're not Alex Pierce's level. <laughs> I don't think. No, anyway, I don't. I don't think anyone would be against seeing um, someone else have a crack in the back line. No, someone we for haven't sure. seen yet. Yeah, definitely. that's what the end of this year is for. Tabs kicked three goals on the weekend down at Peel, so it'd be interesting to see how long he can bide his time down at Peel Thunder. I'm not sure too many AFL veterans want to spend too much time playing waffle footy, especially. Um, He's not someone like him. He's not back in. He doesn't get back in. Well, he's another one though. So, like, he, if he doesn't get back in, and he, he, there's no, where does he fit? So, well, if you got Tracy, in, you got Tracy in front of him still. Well, you have to. I think you have to. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, going um, so next year. Could he, he could he come in for a Cor- for a Corbett, or or does that make us too immobile? Yeah, I think we, as as hard as it is to say, I think we've moved on. Oh, okay. Do you? I thought. I, I don't know. Probably. I, I know. Is, I know we're young and we're. But do you want to? Well, you're the one that you're the one that you you said. Oh, you know, I buried Taylor Walker and look what he did to me. I'm not calling Tabs Taylor Walker. Come on, Jody. I'm talking champions. Don't write off champions. So what? Tabs not a champion of the Dockers anymore. What, what? Just because you played before, it doesn't necessarily make you a champion. He's a great player, great <laughs> player in his day, you know. No, I'm just saying he was the only mature key forward, key forward we got on the list. Yeah, so, I, I mean, you I got think it, that it, there, there's, there's probably a spot for him in the 22. If you're being honest, if you if you're down there watching the team and looking at the mix of guys that are in the team, seeing the, you know the immaturity of the bodies and and the games played, if he's fit and, and rolling, you probably want him in, don't you? I mean, if he's absolutely fit and rolling and he's back in that in that form that he was. Last year, year before, um, yeah, probably. But oh, I'm not. I'm not. If you'd asked me this at the start of the year, I would have said absolutely. But after I've seen what Joy Amos has done, the work I'm seeing Tracy do, um, whether he's getting on the scoreboard or not, um, he's bringing the ball to ground every contest that, that he's that he goes to. Um, I don't know. I don't know if. Um, there's room there. Before we move to before we move to the forward line, just quickly on the back line still. Yeah. Um Wagner I've been a little bit harsh on. I reckon he a played Well, I reckon he was pretty good on the weekend. Only fifteen touches, but I think that what he did do, he played well within himself. He didn't try and do too much. Yeah. Um and he did he was the one really that provided a bit of run and dash. He had almost four hundred metres gained with his fifteen touches. So and he hit a couple he, of likes too. Yeah, he did. Ooh. He did. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I didn't mind his game on the weekend. And, you know, he's not – I don't think he's proved himself as a, a first 22 player, but he's proved himself someone that's probably worthy of a spot on an AFL list maybe in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was good last week too. He was really good. Yeah. He's put yeah. two good games together now. So, and I think he yeah. was actually okay the week before. So, yeah. And again, maybe it's just get a bit of continuity, you know, consistency in your, in your – 
you know, you're, I mean, he hadn't played AFL for what, three years, two years, whatever it was. So, yeah, I was, I'm very happy with what he's doing so far. And I, and I think you're right. He, even if he turns into be a depth uh, player, I think he, you're right. He's, he deserves a spot on the list. Um, quickly before we move to the forwards, I forgot about Liam Henry. Liam Henry has strung together oh. a, a string of games now where you would just assume he's getting 20 touches. You assume he's like just going to be there to run, defend, and be in the right spot every time. Yep. Like, there's calls to just re-sign him at any cost. I don't think we're that kind of club. No. The vibe seems to be that there is one foot out the door. It's going to be a shame if that ends up being the case. It really is, considering exactly that. Considering he's the player that we've been trying to look for since we lost Langdon and um, Brad Hill. You know, he's he's that type of guy. I mean, three or four times on uh, yesterday, Jojo, he picked off one of those kicks into the middle, and he opened up the <laughs> opened up the ground. Even even at the ground, I was just like, "Oh no, <laughs> what are you doing?" And then he'd hit the guy, and he hit it, and didn't it open up the attack? You know, oh, like a, you hit that kick, yeah. the the one that he made into the car. It's almost a score. Yep, that's right. Like you should get a score assist score because if you can't score from there, you the rest of the guys need to get to go look yeah. in the mirror because the ground opens up, yeah. everyone's scrambling. Like no one expects that kick to get made or hit. Yeah, so you make that like. Yeah, it's a it's a, a scoring opportunity if you're able to make that kick. I mean, yeah, you're right. He made a few of them. Three or four of them, I counted that he did that. And I'm like, this is this is what we've been crying out for. Um, you know, another twenty four touches, eight contested. Um, you know, you're not expecting him to win the contested ball. He's the option. He's the runner. And but I mean, he did that. He um, uh, and eight ground ball gets. Like we're a much better team with him in it, Jojo. Much better. Uh, no doubt. And. I think the fact we started off this season, we thought we had a couple of wingers, but it's turned out as the season's drawn on yep. until he's come into the team and played this footy. Mm. We hadn't had a, had a winger that you can stick out there and say, okay, we got one covered. No, that's right. Even- we've, we've been searching someone to play this position probably for, you know, if you go back to even before Akers struck form last year, yep. you know, we weren't, we weren't sold on the fact that he was just a set and forget winger until he had that spell of good form. Yeah. Like it's it's been a constant source of problems since since Langdon and Hill left. Yeah, yeah, we just haven't had the wide players, no. and we're trying to grow them. We've grown one now, That's except right. they're out of contract. So this is the hard. Come part. on, Liam. This is the hard part, isn't it? Like how good Langdon and Brad Hill were to then lose them both in the in the same year. Was it the same? I think it was the same year we lost them both. You know, and then JL comes in to search and to search and to search and to to grab Liam to build him up. And to get him there, where now the spot's his, and to lose him, oh, that's going to be devastating. The one thing I would say is a lot of minutes have been put into guys like Johnson, Erasmus, even Sarong and Brayshaw have taken turns playing on the wing. Yep. Like these guys have got good experience now of knowing where to be, what it takes yep. to fill that wing role. So we have grown a bunch of guys that we can then roll through the midfield or put out in the wing and they should feel at home next year. So a the- lot of groundwork. A lot of groundwork's been done. Have they got the um, the foot skills of uh, Liam Henry? Well, yeah, they don't do. And, so. and and again, like you go back to losing Adam Chera. That's yeah. what we lost with him. He, yeah. he was one of the guys that would make that kick. Yeah. And so we went that period of time between, you know, because Chera, Liam's probably the next guy after Chera that actually has a crack at those kicks. Yeah, no one right. else really has. No. So Maybe that's Hayden where Young. we felt the loss. Yeah, Hayden Young, but he hasn't hit him. No. <laughs> to be honest. 
<laughs> um, but we, that's where we felt the loss of Chera, I think, because yeah. he was that that midfielder that offered something a little bit different and was willing to have a crack at those yeah. and, and had the license to. I think that's the other thing. There's obviously a bit of trust been put in Liam Henry. We, you get your pen license in, what, like year two or year three. He's got the license to have a crack at those corridor kicks. That's right. You lose a, you lose a Langdon and Brad Hill and Adam Chera. You wonder why we're 15th. Like, you know, we're, we're, yeah, we're building. We're, we're, oh, we're so close to it. I'm not. We're so close. Um, the headline story of the forward line this week, undoubtedly Sam Sturt, who took his opportunities big time, hit three goals straight. Um, the kicking, he needs to go down and do just a tutorial for everyone else in the forward line, maybe accepting um, Josh Tracer, who nailed that massive kick from outside 50 early on. But um, Sturdy and his set shot, that was the game, best game he's probably played in his career when you consider the previous best game was probably the one he won the Rising Star against Essendon, yeah, what, like 15, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kilogram Sam, Jojo. That's what they're calling him. We're buying stock in uh, Sam Sturt by the kilo. Um, nine disposals, okay. four, four contested. It wasn't just his. It wasn't just his goal kick. I mean, it was it was sublime his goal kicking, but it's his work that he was doing off the ball. You know, and do you know why he got four contested? Because Schultz well, can't hit him on a, uh, hit a target. <laughs> So he had to go back and get the ball. That's why he got four. I must admit, he was out a couple of times. Like, he had his opponent under the footy, yep. probably like 30 metres from the kicker. And we were just too slow getting rid of it or yep. not able to kick, kick the journey to get it over the head so he could do a gunston and hold his man under the ball mm. and then run onto it. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I reckon it was a real good game by him. And obviously, it looks good on paper because you take your chances, kick three straight. Um, but... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not rushing out to give him an eight-year contract. No, off the back of off the back of that. No, but it's been, no, but you, we're getting you, a bit car- we're getting a bit carried. No, away. we're not. Like he, a little bit. No, we're not. No, no, no. You're trying to save bit. face here because you've been trying to get rid of him. Like you tried to get rid of uh, Ethan Hughes. Mate, that's that's not even close to true. That we is were absolutely both on the same true. Page with Sturt. Going back to last year when we wanted to give him an opportunity. But we, I just think that to the to the point up until two weeks ago, he'd done very little to justify him getting minutes at AFL level. No, no, but see, this is what happens when you give someone like a Sam Sturt continuity. You know, you can see. Yeah, no, but you're talking as if he ripped the game apart. Like he, he kind of delivered what you'd hope he would. Right. So you don't want to give well, him another does. contract. Well, I'm just saying, let's not just get carried away. Who's getting like carried he's getting... away here? He probably gets. Yeah, the... you are. I'm giving him a two year deal. I'm giving That's him a two year. I mean, I was yeah, giving. I him... think you want to see it. You'd want to see it continue through to the remain, like the end of the season. I think. Jojo, if you watch his games, you could see leading up to that game that that was coming. That was coming. He hits. He, he's a great kick. You need guys like Sam Sturt, and you've got to. We do. Yeah, we do. So you give him opportunity, give him consistent games, and look what happened. You know, it, yeah. Look at Liam Henry. Consistency. Hey. Yeah, but yeah. No, no, no you're right. The, you're, in right. The year, you're right. Earlier in the year, we had this discussion, and we said. You, and I remember the discussion, it was, is Sam Sturt closer to getting a contract or not? And you said he was out the door. Well, it felt like he was out the door. Did not, not for one minute did it feel like he was out the door. Whatever. No. I've been in his camp since day one, Jodo. Never wavered. I'm not wavering now. <laughs> I think, I think he probably has played himself into an offer. He has. But the, the problem with him now, because we gave him that one-year deal, can he... I get confused with what they can do. Like Liam can obviously only leave in the draft or through trade. Um, Sturt's probably similar, but 
let's hope let's hope we keep him because you know, we invested draft capital in him. He showed showed us glimpses. Mm. Maybe as well, it becomes easier for him if we're a more consistent team. We're playing definitely consistently consistently better footy. Did- He's exactly the kind of player that we need in that forward. He yeah, absolutely is. And I'll tell you what, this is. Like I was talking about Schulte, this is a problem that we load on the forwards at times when they're doing their absolute best at times to get to space and then someone can't hit them. You know, we haven't got necessarily got when we're getting there. But like a Schulte, if you look at that last quarter, it's a vital stage of the game. Sturdy put two or three metres on his opponent and Schulte had a, a set shot, a set um, kick to him, missed him by five metres. Now, that probably, as you were saying, that probably happened a couple of times. He, he ends up kicking five, you know? So sometimes it's these forwards, it's definitely, it's not always their fault when they look like they're struggling or whatever. I mean, you know, remember, I always go back to the, um, when we did the Crowley pod and he was talking, he, used to, he was talking about Hawthorne, where he said the kicks were just, you could not stop them even if you were on, right on your opponent. That's how good their kicks were. So, and look, we're not, we're not saying we need, I mean, you'd love to have that that skill level, but haven't we? We've been down the road of trying to play like Hawthorne before, haven't we? <laughs> that didn't work, that's right. didn't work out too well. Didn't that? Didn't we realise that you know we don't have that skill level? But I mean, you should be able to like someone like Schultz. You know, I know I'm probably having a bit of a go at him. Yeah, he had a great game. He was he was in everything. But you should be able to hit a target from a standing start, a twenty meter kick, and not miss a bloke by five meters, where it's going to give you a chance at another goal. You know, you can't blame the forwards for, for stuff like that, Jojo. So I think that sometimes the forwards are better than what we think. They're just not getting the, the proper service. So, and I reckon Sturdy falls in, might fall into that category. Two-year deal, Jojo. Two-year deal. Um, so moving on to next week, West Coast, who got within a kick of the Bombers somehow on the weekend. Mm. Uh, that would have been an absurd result. That would have moved them above North Melbourne had they got over the line. <laughs> the mental anguish they put Harley Reid through. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, um, what was it? Was it the, um, was it the Godfather? So, you know, just when I think I'm out, they pull me yeah. back in. They <laughs> pull me back in. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. Poor Harley. So, yeah. It, um, it's, but but I think there's some creeping that, in down at uh, whatever the hell their training park's called over there at Lathlane. Like the the playing some better footy in the last fortnight, just in time to play us, which it kind of excites me to have a live derby. Mm. At least it, the prospect of possibly a live derby. Yeah, I think it says more about Essendon and North Melbourne, but I know where you're going. I know where you. Well, the eff- the effort's been better from West Coast, I reckon. Yeah, the effort's been better at, at a base level. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It has. Yeah, and that's good. We do want to. We don't want to go in and you know just a. That they're in, you know, imposters. We we really want to. You do want a, a good game and an enjoyable game. You know, you you want some sort of contest. So, but isn't it funny? Two weeks, three weeks ago, we were a bit concerned about going into this week. Now we're like, yeah, this is in the bag. Let's just hope we get a contest. So, <laughs> but you're right. It's um, you want a contest, and they have improved a little bit. So, but what a what a what a would have been an imbecilic result had they got gotten over the, uh, the the gotten over the line. It would have been the dumbest thing ever if they did. You'd love to you'd love to have um, Simpson um, kind of mic'd up in that last ten yeah, minutes, you? And kind of, kind of monitor the moves they were making, yeah, like around the ground, um, 
matchups, that kind of thing. Like, Vic, I can't. I don't know. I know you want to win every week, and it's just a it's a fan thing where you say like, you can't yeah. win. It's not you know it's not possible. Surely you can't win that yeah, game. You could not possibly. You could. We should have got someone to do a George Costanza, put the tape recorder in the in the briefcase. And you know what I mean? Like that would have been devastating. Like the difference this year, seemingly between pick one and pick two, yeah. is is a bounty. Yeah. Like if you're that bad anyway. Yeah. Like why would you possibly risk finishing second last? And imagine, yeah, that's exactly right. And imagine if they did win, right? And Harley Harley Reid's going, oh good, I'm out. And then North are up by five goals against Melbourne. <laughs> Imagine him sitting there watching that. Yeah. North have got Essendon this week. So, I don't know the way Bombers are going. So, what are you saying? Do we throw it? (laughs) We throw the derby and Harley goes to the the North. It's not the worst idea, is it? Um, Nah. No, I just mean that, like, these bottom teams that are all of a sudden hopeless, it's taking them 30 years to get better. Yeah. It, knocking off some of the teams that were kind of had aspirations of finishing the top eight. It's oh, a very weird season. But this is why, this is again, like as we started, straight off the top, it's such an even season. If we were in the eight now, we could be doing some serious damage, you know. And I know we're a young team and it's, we're inconsistent throughout the year and whatever else, but this has to be the base now, Jojo. This this effort and intensity the last two games, it's got to be the base. It's, that's, that's what we've got to get as a minimum, that effort and intensity, four quarters. Going forward, yeah, don't it? So, it's you- been a, it, it, just in terms of the premiership race, I know we're a fair way out of it, but I reckon Melbourne went through that period. They lost Oliver. Um, they had the Grundy and Gorn debacle. Fitch, they've Fitch, strong, they've Fitch. strong, yeah, they've strong five in a row. I know. And you look at the, what because what's happened to Collingwood in the last two weeks. What's happened to Port Adelaide in the last month? Yep. Like somehow Melbourne, you'd almost have them as almost flag favorites, favorites at yep. this point. They? I know Collingwood, you'd still have on top, yep. but. But Melbourne are right there. No, no, that's right. But it, but I've been watching Carlton. They're not that far off. They're, I know we think they look. They look a lot better with McKagan not McKay not in there. They do, don't they? Don't they? Yeah. And I tell you what, I'll give Blake Akers his juice. Probably kick goal of the year. Uh, was it yesterday? Um, I think it was. Um, he's been really good. He's been good for him. So. Um, well, uh, well, when you're at that stage in your development, like you know, they'd gone and recruited just about every single player you need. They've got key backs, they've yeah. got mids, they've got for- forwards. Yep. Like those width, those width players are the ones you go and grab. Yes. So they went and got the right the right kind of player. They did. They did. So um, and good on it. Good luck to uh, Blakey Akers. So you don't he's not someone you wish any uh, ill will towards. So he, he didn't want to go, so um Jojo, the the end of the game yesterday. I, I watched the replay this morning. Pav um did the interview uh, at the end of the game with Lockie Neal. Asked him about 18 questions. It went for half an hour. The um, <laughs> I reckon someone might be angling for a uh, their own TV gig, you know, post-game with Pav or something like that. So I don't know if you saw it. He just, it just went on. Well, I was at the ground. How am I going to see it? Oh, you stayed and watched, did you? Huh? You stayed and watched. Oh, the, whole, the, whole, the whole game? No, the, the interview at the end of the... End of the game. No, no, but you can't, you can't hear it at the ground. No, that's what I was saying. So you didn't say it. But there was about. No. I'm not kidding. I went on. Have a look at the replay. Went on forever and ever. Pav just kept asking questions like the two good mates um, having a beer. Um, and how good Lockie knew. He seemed like a ripping bloke. And you know, answered everything in in, in long form. And then at the end, when um, Pav says, "Oh, you know, thanks, Lock. Thanks, Lockie," he said, "Thanks, Skip." 
still calls him Skip. How good is that? So, oh, I loved it. Anyway. Do you reckon Lockie's any chance to return here? I know it's like a, it's what you were. He was getting booed on the weekend. Why? Why was he getting booed? That, that, I don't understand that. I do understand booing. I don't understand booing Lockie. Uh, Lockie um, like, well, it wasn't a large part of the crowd. It was a small part of the crowd. But I reckon, like, pull your heads in. Yeah. Like, we, don't need to, we, don't, we don't need to boo him, do we? No. I reckon that there's every chance he kind of rolls back here, like, when he's 32 or 33 or something and plays a season or two. Season or two, like- um, Maybe. Yeah, mate, like Hodgie going at Hawthorne, uh, to Brisbane or, you know, one of those type, types of roles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd welcome him back for a year if we were on the- you know, if we were on the um, still in the window, or if we hadn't won one, or even if we had, um, and you thought you were a chance, yeah, I'd, I'd have a, I'd take him in for a year for sure. So, anytime, lock. Anyway, anytime. I, I think after being down in the dumps a fortnight ago, the win against Geelong and then a performance against Brisbane have well and truly raised my spirits and should um, keep the spirits high of the Frio faithful through the preseason. I tell, Hopefully, we can finish off the year. I tell you what, though, I'm going to bring you back down, Jojo. Why? We lost our guest. We had a great guest for Thursday for the for the Eagles pre-pod and um, cancelled today, unfortunately. I'll tell you what it was. Oh. We had the very, very, the highly intelligent, the very beautiful Ash Nelson from Channel 10. She was coming on and she was thrilled. She was actually pretty keen to come on when I was talking to her. And we were going to do it Thursday and then she said, oh, I can't, I've got to... Um, I've got to get, I'm going to Singapore on Wednesday night. And then she said to me, how about we do it Tuesday? Oh, sorry, uh, Tuesday, yeah. And I said, all right, yeah, we can do it Tuesday. And then she rang me today and said, oh, I'm so sorry. I've got to coach hockey, uh, the Thundersticks, the Malaysian team's here or something. So she said, oh, the game's come up that she's got to coach. So I don't know whether she's playing me or coming up with every excuse in the book or not. But um, But she did say that... Um, either end of season or post season, we're, we're going to do a pod with her. So she'll be a good guest to, to, to hear about her story. Oh, no doubt. It sounds like she's very keen to do a podcast with you involved. Cancelled about eight times, but she's very, very keen. So um, make it, make <laughs> oh, it that way you will. So, yeah, so we'll, we won't have the guest for the, we won't have Ash for the, for the preview, but we'll have, have her definitely down the road. Yeah. It's right. going to be great. Well, until I speak to you um, in the preview, where we will preview the Derby. Are you still down with the restart? Look, I am. And with Hayden going on the ball, it puts to bed any argument that we don't have a young midfield. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity and wits, they will all vanish. I promise. It's just a matter of time. So, yeah.